season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. No Brendan Deeg today, so I, Eric Warner, have slid into the host chair Please give us a like and a subscribe if you haven't already. Any feedback is always appreciated. Today I am joined by Ziad of Hammerhead Picks to break down the NHL playoff slate. How are you doing, Z? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, pumped for playoffs. Let's let's get right into it. We're going to start with uh, the Boston versus Washington series. Boston comes in as a minus 141 favorite. Washington's a plus 120 dog. Uh, these teams haven't played each other in the playoffs since 2012. It was an absolute thriller. Caps won an OT of Game 7. Caps come in as the number two seed with a 36-15-5 record, but are plus 105 underdogs versus a Bruins team that finished 33-16-7. Regular season matchups were very even with a 4-4 four and four split. Uh, goal differential was 26 to 24 in Boston's favor, so very tight in the regular season, and I expect a really tight playoff series as well. I think the key matchup is going to be special teams. Washington had the third best power play, but Boston has the second best PK. Caps power play, though, got the better of the Bruins in the regular season, scoring nine power play goals. That's the most Washington had versus any team. And the reason Boston, despite being the lower seed, they're still favored because they got hot at the right time. They're 12-4-1 since the trade deadline. Hall was the big piece for Boston at the deadline, and he is not disappointed. He has eight goals since coming over to Boston. But more impressively, Boston has a 15-1 to scoring differential at 5-on-5 five five with Hall on the ice. Caps also made a trade deadline move of grabbing Anthony Mantha. He, did, he fit in all right eight points in 14 games, but the Caps are going to need that second line to chip in more in this series if they're going to keep up. Uh, I would call these teams decor a wash. Both are above average, but I think there's a heavy advantage in net for the Bruins. Tuka Rask has 93 playoff starts, while Washington's projected starter, Vincent Vanasek, has zero. Uh, what do you got on this series, Z? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really close matchup. Um, I One of the things that I'm looking at, one, one of the best I'm looking at in this series actually is over six and a half games. I think, I think this one can go to game seven for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the odds for going to game seven over six and a half games on cool bet is plus 210. Right. I think it's going to come down to the goaltending though. As you mentioned, Tuka Rask is coming into the playoffs really hot. Um, Jeremy Swayman the backup goalie for Boston has a 9.45 save percentage and played really, really well when Tuca was out. But Tuca's coming into the playoffs seven and one, playing really, really good hockey. And as you mentioned, Vanisek doesn't have any playoff experience, so um, the goaltending matchup I think is key in this one. Um, in the head-to-head series, though, it was split four-four. 
uh, head-to-heads, both these teams are really similar. Uh, Washington is big and heavy. Six out of the eight games have gone over, um, and home and away, they split as well. So I'm thinking this is going to come down to goaltending Vanisek versus Rask, and if Rask doesn't play well early in the series, I can see them going to Swayman. Right, and I could even see if things don't go well for Washington early they go to Samsonov. Uh, it's a little – I'm actually not even sure of his availability. I think he's been suspended by the team for something to do with the – away from the rink. I'm not sure. It might even be Craig Anderson as their backup who I, – I, he's old, but at least you have some stability there with him. Um, but I, I, I like that pick of over six and a half games. I think that's worth a sprinkle. I think that this game – this series is very evenly matched. But I do lean Boston, even though it's a pretty it's a pretty juicy price of minus one forty one. I just I don't see Boston losing around one of the playoffs. This team just said that they have so much playoff experience. Adding Hall, he was the perfect piece for this team. He solidified that top six, and then they have their bottom six as shut down guys. I I'm I'm going to be leaning Boston, and I I don't mind paying the one forty juice to be honest. Yeah, I think early in this series, Boston's going to have success. Washington's missing TJ Oshie, John Carlson, and Evgeny Kuznetsov early. Kuznetsov is in the COVID-19 protocol, and TJ Oshie and John Carlson both have lower body injuries. So I think early on, Boston could take advantage of the series. But I can see Washington, when they get healthy, um, with their top six, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Mantha, uh, Oshie, uh, Kuznetsov, Eller, they're, they're, and Tom Wilson, obviously, who's going to hear things. Um, I think they can come back later in the series and maybe push it to seven. Boston's healthy, so um, Boston definitely looks good in, in the first couple of games. But with the odds um, at plus 120 for Washington to win the series, I think I may uh, go in that favor. And as a longtime Leafs fan, betting Boston is very, very tough for me. I agree. It's tough, but think of how many times if you bet Boston, you'd come out on the winning side. It seems like every year all they do is win a playoff, one playoff series at least. Um, but this is a heavyweight tilt, and I'm kind of I like because we both agree that this is a tight series, potentially going six or seven games. I kind of I don't mind some of the player props, such as Brad Marchand over two and a half goals at plus 120. Um, Pasternak over two and a half goals is plus 110. If same kind of numbers with Ovechkin, if we if you think this series is going six or seven games, it's kind of likely that those numbers hit. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, um, looking at some of them, some of the, some of the player props now, uh, I don't, like I think with, I, I like Bergeron's um, playoff performances he's like he always always performs in the playoffs and and brad marchand does does too so i do like brad marchand total goals in this series over two and a half uh patrice bergeron uh over two and a half goals in this series is plus 140 but i probably would stay away from that and go towards brad marchand over two and a half at plus 120 um other than that david pasternak has been kind of quiet uh this season hasn't hasn't put up uh, the numbers that we we're used to with David, so I'm probably going to stay away from him. But I think the best bet in the player props area uh, is Marshawn over two and a half goals at plus one twenty. 
Yeah, I like I like that a lot. You know he's gonna play in all aspects of the game. That that Boston power play, second in the league this year. They're just so deadly. Uh that perfection line is excellent. But okay, moving on to the next series in that division, which is Pittsburgh minus one thirty-nine favorites, taking on the New York Islanders at plus one seventeen. Pittsburgh comes in as the favorite as the number one seed in the East Division but they were only six points ahead of the fourth place Isles. This East division was incredibly tight the whole way through. Pitt won this season series six to two. And throughout the year, Evgeny Malkin was injured for a big chunk of the season, but all that meant was Sid did all the heavy lifting. Nothing new with Crosby, that top line produced. Rust and Gensel and Crosby, that first line outscored opponents 71 to 37 at five on five this year. Just Seems like Crosby gets is he's still got it, even though nobody really talks of him as one of the top players in the league anymore. He absolutely still is. And they're hot and they're adding Evgeny Malkin back right now. They also picked up Jeff Carter at the trade deadline. I think that the Pens have a clear advantage in this series up front in the forward department. But on the defensive side of the puck, you got to give that to the Islanders. Uh, they allowed the second fewest goals in the NHL this season. They play that Barry Trotz style of hockey, which is limit the shot totals from the inside of the ice. Everything's coming from the outside. They're by far the most boring team to watch. I, I don't have interest in watching this series just because of the way the Islanders play. But I, this is another series I think is going to go six or seven games. Uh, Varlamov and Sorokin were both solid all year for the Isles and net, but surprisingly, so is Tristan Yari and Casey DeSmith. Um, I think goaltending is a wash in this series. Um, but I, I kind of, I kind of lean Islanders at plus 117 just because of the style that they play is so it suits the playoffs very, very well. It feels like every year the Islanders win at least one round. Where are you on this series? I'm to be honest, I'm going with Pittsburgh in this series. I think Pittsburgh is going to take care of the Islanders handily in this series. Um, really? I think the minus 139 is great value. It's actually one of my best bets of the first round. And I think under five and a half at plus 155 can provide value too. Pittsburgh winning in five uh, in five games, five or less games actually. So there's a couple of things I want to touch on the Islanders. They've scuffled of late. They've, they're coming into the playoffs three of seven. Their only wins came um, against the Rangers and the Devils, and they've been outshot in eight of their last 10 games. Uh, the Penguins, since since Hextall and Burke came in, uh, have been one of the best teams in the NHL. Somehow, Sidney Crosby is still getting it done at an extremely high level. And um, I think the Islanders, even though they do have one of the best defenses in, in the league, are going to struggle with uh, Crosby and Gensel, Rust, um, and even... Uh, Chris Letang, who's put up solid numbers this year um, for the Penguins. I don't think the Islanders have much offense, and Verlaimov is going to have to steal games for them. He can do that. He has seven shutouts uh, on the season, but playing Pittsburgh in the playoffs with all their playoff experience, um, I think they're going to really struggle. And, and to be honest, when Leo Komarov, God bless him, is on your first line, you know you have offensive issues. Uh, another thing I want to touch on quickly is Barzal only has four goals in the last 18 games. He's been extremely quiet. And if Barzal is not going at a high pace for the Islanders, who's going to pick up that scoring slack? Jordan Eberle, uh, Leo Komarov? I don't think so. 
Yeah, yeah, you, you raised some good points there. It's I just can't get that Islanders philosophy out of my mind. They just they've all committed to playing Barry Trot's style of just defense, defense, defense. And over a seven game series, it just wears teams down. I've seen it year after year, that Barry Trot style, but you do raise some good points. The Islanders are a little challenged offensively. At the deadline, they brought in Zajac and Paul Mary. The fits have not – they just haven't fit. They haven't produced whatsoever. I, I think Zajac only has one point. Um, he's almost been invisible since he got to Long Island. But I, I, I'd still lean Islanders just because of their defensive philosophy. Uh, in the playoffs, it's what, it, it's what win games. They go four lines deep. They're hitting you. They're wearing you down. And that, I think that there's some holes in this – Pittsburgh decor that are kind of they haven't really there's some warts that haven't been shown yet I past Latang, I don't trust any one of their defensemen I mean Matheson's been hurt most of the year he's coming back but I don't trust any team that deploys Cody Cece in their top four I'm gonna have questions about their defense yeah that's so true yeah so we're split. We're split on the first two series, but okay. Let's move on to the uh, the West here. I think we should both be on the same page in these two series here. We got Colorado as the biggest favorite, I think, in NHL history for a first round matchup. They are minus four thirty five, taking on a Blues team that just won the Stanley Cup a few years ago. They're plus three thirty five as an underdog. Avs won the regular season series of these teams five to three. Um, but still, this is truly a David versus Goliath matchup, in my opinion. Um, the Avs took home the President's Trophy, and they're facing a Blues team that was outscored 5-on-5 five five this year. Their goal differential was a negative 1. Um, and by the way, the Avs were the best 5-on-5 five five team in the NHL this season. Uh, Avs also have a top 10 power play, while the Blues ranked 26 on the PK. Um, I don't really have much breaking down this series because I think Colorado has the advantage in every single department, forwards, defensemen, goaltending. Um, I don't see how the Blues slow down that top line of McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog. Um, I expect them to roll in this series. Obviously, betting a team at minus 535 just doesn't make sense. So I'm actually looking at in this series – under five and a half games is currently at plus 105. I think that we could see a sweep here, but I'm going to take that extra game just as a buffer and go under five and a half at plus 105. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you there. Um, under five and a half at uh, 105, and even to sprinkle under four and a half at plus 450 would mm -hmm. be uh, something to look at because I think Colorado will take care of St. Louis uh, easily. And and I, I, and I saw Ryan O'Reilly came out and said that they're going to beat the Avs. It's, they have no chances. The Avs are the favorite to win the Cup. The Avs come in uh, to the playoffs 8-2 in their last 10. Um, the only thing that kind of worries me is that St. Louis has played the Avs all right this year. Colorado leads uh, the series this year 5-3. But the Avs wins were close games. Other than the 8-0 win they had, uh, the rest of their wins have been pretty close and the three St. Louis wins that they had against the Avs uh, were by two plus goals so that yeah. kind of worries me but the Avs uh, are 16-0-1 in their last 17 home games and have home ice throughout the playoffs they're a top five team in both offense and defense 
surprisingly, Colorado is one of the best teams in the league on defense. Um, so yeah, I think but they're they're a top five team in defense because when their top line is on the ice, the other team does not touch the puck. Their possession metrics, that top line, are off the charts. Right, and then when you have shut down players like Nazem Kadri, um, and on the defensive side, players like Kale McCarr, who has who who can control the puck, keep possession of the puck, like only so many in the league can. Um, he keep the puck away from the other team, like you say. That's right. And then they don't have as many chances. And uh, in net too, Grubauer has been one of the best goalies in the league this year. He's had some struggles when he came back from the COVID nineteen uh, list, but he sports a nine twenty two save percentage, a one point nine five goals against average, and he's had seven shutouts this year too. Um, so I think St. Louis is going to have trouble scoring. Uh, the only two players that they have in the top one hundred. Uh, are David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly with 55 points and 53 points respectively. So I think Colorado with McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis Gog, Burakovsky, Kale McCarr, Grubauer, I think they're way too much in this series. And under five and a half at plus 105 seems the best bet. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're on the same page there. That's definitely my best bet. Um, I don't like the player props here really just because like we said, it's going to be a short series. So taking overs on points or goals in a series that you think is four or five games is very risky. So staying away from there, but we're on the same page there. I'm curious to see if we're on the same page in the next uh, series in the West. It is Vegas, another heavy favorite, minus 227, taking on the Wild at plus 188. Uh, the Wild were one of the best stories of the season. They went 35, 16, and 5. But I think people need to slow down their expectations of this team. For all the crap that people talked about the North Division, the bottom four teams in this West Division were absolute garbage. The Coyotes, Kings, Sharks, and Ducks combined for negative 151 goal differential. You could make an argument that these four teams were four of the worst teams in the NHL. The Ducks, the Sharks, and Kings especially. Coyotes had a little bit of a surge at one point, but all four of those teams were bad. That resulted in an inflated record for the Wild, in my opinion. Um they were a darling team, the Wild, but they're nowhere near the class of the Vegas Golden Knights, in my opinion. This this Golden Knights team tied Colorado in points. Colorado got the tiebreaker and President's Trophy based on uh, they had the tiebreaker. And the Knights, they allowed the fewest goals in the NHL, which led to a league-high plus 67 goal differential. They had the best penalty kill in the NHL. And I think you could only the only weakness to this team might be their power play at rank 22nd. They're going to need that to get going if they want to make a serious run. And with the with the Knights having the best penalty kill in the NHL, the Wild power play was 24th. So I that's a huge edge in special teams for the Knights. I don't know how the Wild are going to score goals. Uh, the Knights are just so deep up front. If Kirill Kaprizov isn't scoring for the Wild, they can they can go a little quiet offensively. And Vegas is also just so deep on the back end as well. They added Petrangelo. Their decor is solid. Um, and then they have Flurry and Laner in net. Two great goalies. I, I assume Flurry will get the nod, but I think Laner will get games. Kakinen and Talbot were nice years, but they still, they still, the edge in net has to go to Vegas. So I, 
Again, I'm looking at an under five and a half at plus 138. I think Vegas rolls. All right. So we disagree on this one um, in, in one sense. I think Vegas comes out on top, but I think it's going to be a much closer series than you're predicting. Um, I think, I, I, I honestly think in my, my prediction is Vegas in seven games. Uh, wow. Minnesota, Minnesota's played Vegas really well this year. Vegas is three and five um, this year against Minnesota. Two of Vegas's three wins came in OT. Um, and, and all their games have been really close. Like six of eight of the games have been, side, have been decided by just one goal. Um, but Minnesota's played, played them pretty well. Um, Flurry, I think Vegas starts with Flurry over Laner. Flurry's numbers are better than Laner's numbers. Um, I, as a better, I just feel so much more comfortable with Flurry in net than when Robin Leonard's in net. Um, Flurry has a 928 save percentage, 1.98 goals against average, and six shutouts on the season. His record was 26 and 10. And Minnesota's going to put out Cam Talbot. He had a 915 save percentage, 2.63 goals against average, two shutouts. But as I said earlier, I think this is going to be a much closer series. I, I strongly disagree. I think Vegas is one of the best teams in NHL. Um, Wild, it was a good story. They're not ready yet, though. It, it's crazy to say, but an expansion team in Vegas just three years ago, they have so much more playoff experience than the Wild. I, Other than, I believe, Matt Zuccarello and Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, they have nobody who's been to the playoffs. And all those guys, their playoff experience was from years ago. Playoffs is just a different beast. I I think Vegas is going to use their experience and just steamroll them. Yeah, I think I think the with the odds at being plus two twenty five for this series to go to seven games, I, I'm I'm definitely going to sprinkle that one. I think I really do think that Minnesota is going to hold their own, especially at home. Minnesota is one of the best home teams in the league, and like I said earlier, they're five and three against Vegas this year. They've beat Vegas more times than Vegas has beat them this year. So I think they're going to, it's going to be a close battle. Every game is going to be close. I don't think many games are going to be decided by two or more goals. And just one last note, I'm a huge fan of Vegas's gold helmet. I love, wow. watching, I love no watching them play with those gold helmets, man. And I love watching them play at home. The Vegas crowd uh, is, they have one of the best buildings in hockey and it's, their games are a must watch. So I'm excited for this series. Yeah, I got to admit, when they announced that Vegas was getting a team, one of the first things I said was, like, why? No one's going to go to the games. Like, everybody in Vegas is tourists. Like, why would why would anybody go to a game? And they've completely proven me wrong. They have an absolute massive fan base. They support the heck out of their team. So much respect to those fans for, uh, for uh, showing up. But uh, there's, a, there's a series we disagree on big time. Yeah, I think I think Vegas is going to win the series because Vegas is one of the best teams in hockey. They have the best penalty kill in the league. Um, they're very good offensively and de- defensively. But like you said, I think some of their like Vegas and Colorado's numbers might be a little inflated just because of how bad that division was with the Kings, Sharks, um, Coyotes, and and Ducks. Yeah, but I think that inflated Minnesota's record big time too. Yeah, it could have. Yeah. Anyways, we're different there. Let's uh, let's move on to the next division. We got the Central here. 
Hurricanes come in as the top seed. They're in minus 278 favorite, taking on the Preds, who are plus 225 underdog. Hurricanes impressively went 36-12-8 this year, finishing just two points shy of the President's Trophy. Um, and the main advantage for Carolina in this series is going to be the forwards. Their second line of Trocek, Niederreiter, and Nikash probably would be is better than the Predators' first line. Carolina had seven players over 30 points, while the Predators only had two. Um, and then on top of that, Hurricanes are getting back Tavo Teravainen from injury just to add even more depth to that forward group. Uh, Predators are used to having the advantage on the back end with their big horses of Yossi, Ekholm, and Ellis. But quietly, the Canes have an amazing decor as well with Slavin, Hamilton, and Pesci. Um, so I'm going to call the decor a wash. And in the goaltending department, Predators probably have the advantage with UC Soros. He had a breakout year posting a 945 save percentage at 5-on-5. Five five. That ranked number one in the league. But even more surprising, number two in that stat was Kane's rookie Alex Nedeljkovic. But it's unknown if he's even playing. The, the famous saying in football is if you, have, if you think you have two quarterbacks, that means you actually have no quarterbacks. And I think the same can apply to goalies. And Carolina thinking they have three goalies, I think that means normally you don't have a goalie because I have no idea who's going to start for this team. Um, but I'm still leaning Canes. Just I think that they're a better team than the Preds. The Preds will struggle to score goals no matter who's in net. But I think that goaltending is going to hold Carolina back from going on a deep run. I, I think Carolina's goaltending this year has been unreal. Like, as you said, we don't know too much about Nedeljkovic, um, but Peter Mrazek's been really good. James Reimer's been really good. A, a note on that, though, James Reimer's been scratched, so he won't, they won't dress him. He'll be the third goaltender, so it'll either be Nedeljkovic or Mrazek. But both those goalies have been really good. They both have three shutouts. Nedeljkovic is sporting a 1.9 goals against average. Mrazek a 2.06 goals against average. Uh, and Carolina, I think, is sneak, like sneakily one of the best teams in the league. Um, against Nashville this year, they're 6-2. and two. Carolina's won six straight before losing their last two to Nashville last week. Uh, Nashville needed to win to get into the last playoff spot in the Central Division while the Kings had number one locked up. So they, I don't think they cared too much uh, about their last two games against the Preds. Uh, Kings is six wins. Five of them came by two-plus goals. And they didn't give up more than two goals in a game to um, uh, to the Preds in that span. Carolina comes in kind of uh, shaky, and their last ten games have been five on uh, five and five, but they won five straight before losing their last three. Even though that you know they had the the division locked up, so we can't look too much into that. I think UC Stars, as you mentioned, has been one of the best goaltenders in the league this year. Uh, his numbers are very impressive. But I don't think um, Nashville has enough offense to handle Carolina or to to stick with Carolina. Like you mentioned, mm -hmm. Carolina's mm -hmm. top six, uh, even their top nine, so good, um, and they're they're much better than the Predators' top six. Like the Predators' top six, they're they're going to skate out there. Yarncroft, Granlin, and Luke Kunin uh, on their third line. They have Nick Cousins, Eric Halla, and Matthew Shane. Who Matthew Shane? Invisible. You never really knows them, but. Yeah, uh, Philip Forsberg, though, is going to be obviously the key to the Predators in the playoffs. Uh, he missed 
17 games this year, um, but still, um, st- I think, still led the, the team in points. Or actually, no, the D-man, Roman Yossi, led the team in points, which I think is a huge problem. If, if one of your defensemen is leading the team uh, in points with just 38 points this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on the Hurricanes. I I can't lay that minus two seventy eight juice though. It's it's not worth it. Um, but another major mismatch to look for out for in this series: the Hurricanes had the second ranked power play in the NHL. The Predators had the third worst penalty kill. So if Predators are taking uh, penalties, it's going to be a short series. Um, I don't really have a bet for this series to be honest. It's kind of a stay away. I think Hurricanes are. Heavily favorites and rightfully so, um, but then again, Predators have sorrows. They could steal a few games, so I'm I'm staying away from this series personally. Yeah, I think Carolina just has way too much uh, firepower. They have seven players in the top 100 in the league in points: Aho Trocheck, Dougie Hamilton, who's having an unreal year, um, Svechnikov, Nechas, uh, Stahl, Niederreiter, and and as you just mentioned. The, the Carolina special teams have been unreal this year. They're one of the best power plays. They're also the fifth uh, on the fifth best in the league on the penalty kill, just allowing 26 goals. And as you mentioned, Nashville is awful on the penalty kill. They've allowed 42 goals when with um, and Carolina scored 42 goals on the power play. So I think they're going to have a lot of trouble. And I think Carolina can win this in five, maybe even four. But I think the under five and a half at plus 125 are really, really good, great, good odds for Carolina in this series. Okay, nice. We're in agreement there. Um, let's move on to the next series. I, For me, I think this is the most exciting series of the first round. We got the Florida Panthers coming in as the underdog at plus 115, taking on their home state rival, Tampa Bay Lightning, who are a minus 135 favorite. Panthers had one of the best seasons in franchise history. They went 37-14-5, and and their reward for that is a first-round matchup with the defending champs. Uh, Florida's forwards are anchored by a sneaky MVP candidate. Obviously, he won't win it. We know number 97 is winning it, but I think Barkov has a sneaky case to be nominated. He had 58 points in 50 games while playing alongside Verheide and Anthony Duclair. So... This guy took he. That's kind of like the been the Sidney Crosby motto is I don't care who I'm playing with, we're putting up points. Doesn't matter. And Barkov's turning into that unbelievable 200 foot player. Um, and then Florida also added Sam Bennett at the trade deadline. Him and Jonathan Huberto have fit together perfectly. At five on five since the trade, they have outscored teams 10 to one when Sam Bennett is on the ice. But lightning forwards, they're deeper. Um, they're adding two major pieces back. Stamkos has missed them the last month. He'll be back and ready to go. And Nikita Kucherov, who has missed the whole season, is ready to go. And he will be back for the playoffs. Uh, that top line of Point, Palat, and Kucherov last year put up 85 points in 25 games. Um, but I don't expect Kucherov to just come back in a lineup and be at full speed right away. That's a tough ask to miss the full year and then just come into the playoffs against a team like Florida. So I I I I, I would scale back expectations of Kucherov early. Um, it was too bad that Aaron Ekblad was lost for the year with a broken leg. He was a Norris candidate before he got hurt. 
Um, Tampa still has the better decor, and it's it's arguably the best decor in the league. Hedman, McDonough, Cernak, Savard, Sergachev as your top five. I, I don't think you're going to beat that any team in the league. And then in net, you have the battle of the Russians, Vasilevsky versus Bobrovsky. Um, when Bob is on his game, he's as good as it gets, but consistency-wise, Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the game. Uh, for this for this series, I think I'm going to be on Florida money line early in the series until Kucherov gets his legs. And then once Kucherov and Stamkos get their legs, I, I think Tampa will take over in the series. So I think it's going to be a long series with Florida winning early and then Tampa taking care of business late. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement. I think it's going to be a long series as well. But I think Florida has a really good chance of winning this series and winning the Central Division altogether. I think the Central Division is one of the most interesting divisions um, in, in the NHL this year. Florida leads the head-to-head with Tampa Bay 5-3. Um, every Tampa Bay loss against Florida this year has been by two-plus goals. So Florida's played Tampa Bay pretty well and seems to have uh, their number in the last four games against Tampa. Florida's won four nothing, five one, five three, and their one loss in the last four games against Tampa was in overtime, three two. So they they played them pretty well, and I think it's a pretty good matchup. Um, I know uh, Hedman and uh, McDonough aren't a hundred percent healthy, um, so that means I think Sergeyev is going to have to step up for them, but. Uh, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, Tampa Bay is so deep defensively, and Vasilevsky is one of the best in the game. I also want to touch on Florida's goaltending situation because they have three goalies that are playing pretty good hockey right now. I would argue that uh, – I struggle with this guy's name, but Chris Dredger. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I argue that he's better than – he's been better than Bobrovsky. And when Spencer Knight's been called upon this year – He's been unreal too. Um, so Florida has three goaltenders that they can slot in, uh, I think, at any given point in this series, especially if it goes late and Bobrovsky has some issues. Uh, Drieger can definitely jump in. Um, I like, yeah, like I was I'm kind of on the fence, but I, I think I want to go with Florida plus 115 to win this series. Kudrov and Stamkos, like you mentioned, should be in the lineup, but I think they're going to be rusty. Kucherov hasn't played all year, and Stammer hasn't played uh, in more than a month. So I think Florida's solid, and they're deep. And players like Mackenzie Weger stepped up huge. He's on the first D pairing. Uh, he's put up 36 points in the uh, on the year. He's uh, one of the best um, at plus minus too. He's uh, actually the best at plus minus for all D men. So I think Florida can handle, I can, can stick with Tampa and, and take care of them and, and even win the central division. That's one of the bets that I'm looking at Florida to win the central division at uh, plus four fifty. So. Okay. I like, I like where your head's at there. I think, I think, I, I think the central division is just so competitive though. And I'm worried that Panthers and Tampa are going to, go seven games, beat the crap out of each other, and then you're going to have Carolina waiting there for one of these teams. Right. That's my only worry there. But, yeah, you, you, I could, you could make the case for Panthers in this series, but 
Tampa, also just the playoff experience is another thing. Um, Barkov and Huberto, these guys, these guys aren't used to playing big games. Tampa Bay is, and it's it's hard to quantify playoff experience, but it does matter. And so I, I do agree, Kucherov's going to be rusty to start, which is why I'm going to start with a Panthers money line bet game one, and then I'll probably take Tampa to win the series after Panthers win game one if everything goes according to plan. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I, kind of it, I kind of look at a different angle, though, with like Tampa Bay has played so much hockey in the last few years um, that it's kind of catching up to them with injuries and with fatigue. And Florida is this young and exciting team um, that I think is just ready to, to, to say to everyone in the state of the state of Florida, like, hey, don't forget about us. We're, we're a good hockey team, too. Right, that's actually a good point. The the headman injury is beyond massive. Uh, he's the most valuable defenseman in the NHL. When you remove that six foot seven giant who logs twenty eight minutes a game, it it changes your team completely. So that headman injury is definitely something to monitor. Uh, but if he's okay to go, I, I I like Tampa. But okay, moving on to the North Division. We have our hometown Toronto Maple Leafs as minus 345 favorites over the Habs, who are a plus 270 underdog. Toronto won the North Division pretty easily, finishing 18 points ahead of Montreal. Uh, Toronto won the season series 7-2. Um, the forward groups is a clear mismatch in this series. Toronto has way more firepower, led by Matthews and Marner. Both had incredible seasons. But quietly, the Habs are getting back Brandon Gallagher, who you could argue is their most important player. With Brandon Gallagher, the Habs were 17-9-9 this year. They were 7-11 without him. So getting him back is massive for that team. Um, but in my opinion, their best player all around this year, Jeff Petrie. He had his best season of his career. He put up 42 points while logging nearly 23 minutes a game. I'm going to look for that number to increase maybe close to 30 minutes. Uh, he's going to be above 28 for sure a game this series, uh, potentially 30 minutes a game. Both decors have depth. Leafs have Brody, Hall, and Muzzin to round out their top four. Montreal has Weber, Sherratt, and Edmondson. But I'm going to give the slight edge of the decors to the Habs because Petrie – he was better than Riley this year. Um, wasn't really talked about a lot in Toronto this year, but in my opinion, Morgan Riley had a down year. Nobody really talked about it. He did not look like himself to me this year. A lot more turnovers, a lot more tentative to jump up in the play, and the power play was it, it was just awful with Morgan Riley running it. The, the power play was better with Sandine and even Muzzin running the power play, in my opinion. Um Goaltending, massive conversation here in Toronto for the last month. But Jack Campbell went 17-2-2. He stole the net from Freddie. It is his. We'll see if Freddie gets it back, but I doubt it. Montreal will start with Price, we assume. And who knows, do we see the below average Price we've seen for the last three regular seasons? Or do we see the guy that posted a 936 save percentage and two shutouts last year in the bubble? Um, but something to keep in mind with this series, there is a back-to-back -back in games three to four. It would not surprise me if we see Jake Allen and Frederick Anderson in game four of this series. Yeah, 
Um, like you mentioned, uh, Jack Campbell took over the net as when he came in. I think it was a, a ten or eleven game winning streak, um, but he was seventeen two and two overall. And 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 Anderson has been pretty bad all year. He's been hurt for most of the year, but his last start against the Senators uh, wasn't impressive, and he'll definitely be the backup, uh, soups backup as we like to call him here in Toronto. Uh, Toronto leads the head-to-head against Montreal 7-3, and Toronto won five games uh, of those seven by two-plus goals. Toronto scored 39 against Montreal in those 10 games and uh, only gave up 25. Montreal's three wins were in close games, so I really don't think Montreal has enough to hang with Toronto's firepower. Montreal's top point-getters are Tyler Toffoli, uh, Jeff Petrie, as you mentioned, uh, Nick Suzuki, and then Josh Anderson uh, rounds that out. So the Leafs will have much more firepower with Marners Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, uh, etc. I think, um, yeah, this is the first time that the Leafs and Habs have met in the playoffs since 1979, only the 16th time in history. And the league is over 100 years old. So uh, all it took was a pandemic and an all-North division for this matchup to unfold. But as a Leaf fan, I'm very excited uh, for it to be here. Um, the Habs have struggled, though, recently, and their fan base doesn't seem too confident in their chances against the Leafs in the playoffs, even though the Leafs look much better this year um, than they have in previous years, especially on the defensive end, and have one of the league's most potent offenses. Um, they've only gotten out of the first round once since 2004 um, when they only won one round in 2004. So uh, as a Leaf fan, playoffs bring pretty uh, stark, dark memories. Um, So I'm really hoping uh, with this new and improved team, with the additions of um, vets like Thorin and Simmons and guys on the D-line like TJ Brody and Jack Campbell stepping up in net, I think this is the year um, where the Leafs can definitely uh, get a little bit of steam in the playoffs and go on a roll and, and give their fan base what they've um, been praying for, for for years and years and years. Yeah, I agree. But like a, a minus 345 price for the Leafs, like you said, a team that hasn't won a playoff series since 2004, that's a little steep for me to take. And I'm going to be honest, I think that the Habs are the toughest matchup for Leafs in this country, and it's because of the Habs' decor. Um, Petrie, Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, these guys are all above six foot three, bigger body guys. They're going to make, they're going to take away space from the Leafs forwards, which is, I think, is going to give them difficulty. Um, the other te- two teams in the North, we'll touch on them in a second the Jets and the Oilers. Their decors do not scare me at all. They like to play a more offensive style of game, which suits the Leafs. The Leafs will beat teams in those run-and-gun kind of games. But I expect the Habs to slow things up, really muck it up. Maybe Price steals a game or two. So I actually think my best bet in this series is I'm going over five and a half games at minus 147. See, I disagree with you there because we've seen the Habs 10 times this year. Toronto's beat them seven times. And in their three losses, the Habs have come away with close, close wins. It's not like they've they've been able to stop Matthews. Like 
Matthews against the Habs this year uh, in 10 games has seven goals, eight goals in 10 games against the Habs. Yeah, he uh, scores against everyone. Yeah. So that's the thing, though. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Matthews or Marner. Um, the least offense is just too potent. And I think, especially with Carey Price having the down year that he's had, uh, I, don't, I just don't see him standing on his head um, like he has in, in previous playoff rounds. They might even turn to Jake Allen uh, early in this series. Uh, so who who knows on the on the goaltend with the goaltending situation for Montreal? But I just don't think they can hang with Toronto at all. And I see Toronto um, actually winning this in five or less games. Okay, we're we're both in agreement. We we like the Leafs. I guess you just think it will be a shorter series than I do, but. I mean, it's the Leafs playoffs. It's gonna be it's gonna be stressful until they win a series. Like it, it's been forever. This is this team's second division win in eighty years. Like that is the most. I can't think of much more embarrassing stats. Like, oh, it's true though. But like this year, it just seems different. Like I'm not gonna say that the Leafs are Stanley Cup favorites, which they aren't, and they shouldn't be in the top four. I don't. I don't think, even though they are in the top three for Stanley Cup favorites, but they come into this game um, after their two embarrassing losses to the Canucks off their COVID shutdown. The Leafs have uh, seven wins uh, in nine games, and they have points in all nine games. The Habs have come into the playoffs in the last 10 um, losers of their last five and just four and six in their last 10. So yeah. I think, yeah, I just don't think if, like if this was any other playoff year, I mean, sorry, any other regular NHL season year, I don't think Montreal would have got into the playoffs. Right. Hey, I, if you look at these two teams in a vacuum, the Leafs are a much, much better team. It's just I, I the once you put those Leafs jerseys on, playoff time, it's never easy. Like it, it never is. But. We'll see. We're looking forward to that series. Obviously, it's too bad we have to wait a week to watch it, but oh well. Start to make um, Another thing too that's a big deal, I think, in this in this series is that there's going to be no fans and no home ice advantage. And Montreal's home ice is one of the best in the league. Their fans are some of the best fans in the league. So without that fan pressure in Montreal, I think Toronto can go into Montreal and take the first two, bring it back to Toronto, and winning. Actually, yeah, just winning four. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, I agree. Okay, this is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the US and Canada. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testicles are as safe as possible. A new multi-function on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. Hopefully here in Ontario we can travel soon, but I doubt it. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes one to four. Looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, 
even features a hot foil stamp bag chrome manscape logo show that mower off loud and proud get 20 percent off and free shipping using the code doink at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com use code doink unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped all righty z we got one last series here the last series in the north division Edmonton comes in as a minus 208 favorite, taking on the Winnipeg Jets, who are a plus 175 dog. Edmonton took the season series 7-2, and Winnipeg comes into the series on a serious slide. Ever since Nick Ehlers got hurt, they were, they've were they gone 2-7 without him. Desperately need him back into the lineup. He's day-to-day. -day. Hopefully they get him back. But I, I can't see them keeping up with McDavid and Dreisaitl if Ehlers is out. It's the same story as usual with the Oilers. McJesus and Dreisaitl were rock stars, but they lack depth. They seriously lack depth on their other lines. I'm not in love with Edmonton's blue line. Nurse had an excellent year. He's a Norris candidate, but after him, there's some question marks. I like Adam Larson. He's solid, but the other four, I, I have serious, serious concerns about their defensive games. Tyson Berry put up great numbers as a defenseman, but let's be real. He's a forward out there. He doesn't, he's not a defenseman. Um, but that being said, the Jets blue line is even uglier. I like Neil Pionk. He's a good player, but he's undersized. And this team desperately needed Josh Morrissey to step up this season. He had a down year. Um, I was shocked that the Jets did not address this position at the trade deadline. They brought in Jordy Ben, who's a sixth at best, seventh, seventh type defenseman. And this blue line, it's, it's going to be what keeps them back. I, I can't see them slowing down McDavid um, unless Hellebuck stands on his head. He had an up and down season. This is the third straight year he faced the most shots and had the most saves in the NHL. Um, and Mike Smith had a good year for Edmonton, surprisingly out of nowhere. He's 38 years old, but he had a 924 save percentage. So I, I, I would give Hellebuck a slight edge in net, but that just the decor of Winnipeg has absolutely scared me. I can't pick them just because of that decor. I think it's I think it's that bad. And throw on top of it, Edmonton had the best power play in the league. So I, I don't see McDavid being slowing down. I'm on the Oilers here. Yeah, there's no arguing uh, that McDavid is going to be way too much to handle um, for the Jets' defense. McDavid has put up so many points against the Jets this year. In each game, he's had at least two points. Uh, in two of the games, he's had three points. And in one game, he's had four points when he scored a hat-trick. Um, so the Jets are, well, not only the Jets, every team in the league is going to have trouble stopping McDavid and Dreisaitl, but the Jets are really... Uh, like they've shown this year, uh, have a lot of trouble slowing down McDavid. Like you mentioned, Edmonton leads the series 7-2. Um, they've won the last six meetings, and the last four they've won by two-plus goals. Edmonton's outscored Winnipeg 34-22 to this year. And as you mentioned earlier, Edmonton has the best power play in the league. So if Winnipeg isn't disciplined and stay out of the box, uh, Edmonton should roll. 
Yeah, I, I'd be scared out of my mind if I was Paul Maurice right now coaching that Jets team, trying to think of a way to slow down Connor McDavid because they they don't have the horses to do it. Um, Blake Wheeler, he's been playing this year with banged up with injured ribs. Uh, he's had a tough year. Ehlers had his best year of his career. I really hope that they get him back. Just uh, that would give them a fighting chance to try to outscore the Oilers. I'm going to... I'm going to take a look at some player props in this series, but I'm worried that the Oilers are going to take care of business in four to five. So I don't know if there's a lot of value in things such as Connor McDavid over three and a half goals, because if this series is over in four or five games, that's a tough prop because the odds are only even for him to score over three and a half goals. Um, so I, I might be staying away from this series. If anything, I would take under five and a half games at plus 145, but I'm leaning towards staying away from this series. Yeah, I, I, I think there's no chance Edmonton loses this series. So even paying the juice at uh, minus 208 would be a good look, but I do agree with under five and a half uh, at plus 145. And uh, Connor McDavid's point total in this series is 10 and a half. Right, uh, that's as you, crazy. As you mentioned, I don't think it's going to be a long series. Um, the Oilers have beat the Jets in their last six times, 3-1, 6 3-0, 4-2, 2-1, 3-2. So the Jets have a lot of trouble scoring against the Oilers, and they have a lot of trouble keeping the puck out of the net against the Oilers. And that just spells disaster for any hockey team. So I think Edmonton... Uh, roles in this series and uh, under five and a half would be a great uh, I think a great bet at plus 145 and maybe uh, even under four and a half uh, if Edmonton can sweep at plus 650. Yeah that that's worth a half unit I would say I think so but okay let's wrap things up here Z why give the listeners your top three bets for the NHL playoffs round one. Okay. Uh, I like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I really do like Pittsburgh uh, in their series against the Isles. So um, one of my best bets would be Pittsburgh to beat uh, the New York Islanders uh, in the first in, in the first round, and that's minus one thirty nine. Uh, another one of my best bets, I like Florida to beat Tampa Bay in the first round at plus one fifteen. Uh, like I just mentioned. Edmonton to beat Winnipeg at uh, minus 208. That's pretty juicy, but I don't think Winnipeg has any chance on stopping McDavid or Dreisaitl. And just a couple other ones that I that I want to uh, just take a take a shot at, probably at a half unit. Uh, Pittsburgh to win the East at plus 250. Florida to win the Central at plus 450. And the Bruins and Capitals uh, to go to seven games at plus 210. Right on, right on. I like I like a lot of those. My first one of my favorite bets is going to go against you. I'm on the Islanders plus 117. And then my next two favorite bets are both going to be under five and a half games. And I'm taking the chalk. I'm going under five and a half in the Vegas series at plus 138. And under five and a half in the Colorado series at plus 105. I like your idea of throwing a half unit on over six and a half games in the Boston Washington series. I think that'll be a heavyweight tilt, 
But anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we're going to have Ziad on throughout the year, coming into next football season, breaking down the gambling advice and give him a follow on Twitter. He is at Picks Hammerhead on Twitter. It's well worth the follow, and we will talk to you next episode. Have a good night. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is sponsored by 22Bet. 22Bet is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app now for its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short, and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products, including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 22Bet has a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies. And transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your first-time deposit. 22Bet has some of the highest odds on the sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Visit 22Bet.com for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.